one of us, one of us, one of us. Great showing, you guys suck and you cheated. Oh, we're recording? I didn't know we were recording. It is the biggest transfer or free agent signing in the history of the United States in any sport. Welcome back for another episode of Ride the Pine, presented by the Benchwarmers Podcast Network. I'm Sean Sprout. Joining me tonight is Cameron May, Kenny Hudden. Adam Freeman is out tonight. He is apparently real sick or something. We're not actually really sure. Uh, but he won't be joining us tonight. Kenny, interject. A little bit of the brown bottle flu, I think. Maybe, maybe. Who's to say? Uh, so, it's just the three of us tonight. Uh Full disclosure, we came down. We came up with a rundown of four minutes ago. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, oh, quick, we did this last week. A quick update before we really kind of dive into anything. Uh, if you are listening on Spotify, uh, Apple, uh, whatever your preferred podcast network or platform is, we are now on YouTube. So please watch us on YouTube, uh, the Ride the Pine channel, or at Pod Ride the Pine. So. Uh, no further ado, guys, I guess let's just go ahead and jump into our first topic here. We're going to discuss the Major League Soccer halftime review. We're halfway through the season. So right now, your leaders in the Eastern Conference are Cincinnati sitting at 51 points who lead the way for the entire league. And over in the West, our team... St. Louis City SC, the expansion team, sits in first place at 41 points. Uh, a lot of familiar faces kind of near the top of each division. A lot of familiar faces at the bottom. Uh, there's a couple surprises mixed in there, too. Where do you guys want to start? Do you want to start with St. Louis, or do you want to start over in the east? What, so far, this season has kind of stood out to you? I mean, not to be a total homer, but I feel like the biggest thing to stand out would be City making it to this point, still being on top of the Western Conference, and just making every single MLS analyst look like uh, look like they don't know what they're doing, for, for lack of a better term. Most people are predicting us to win three or four games for the entire year. Uh, we've now won 13, so... I mean, I, I don't understand how. I get it. We're an expansion team. We kind of went a little unconventional, didn't do the big DP signings and all of that. But, I mean, they just look awful. <laughs> well, I, I wonder if it's a symptom of the fact that I saw a tweet earlier today that said MLS, or excuse me, Apple has done more with MLS in six months than ESPN did in 27 years. So I wonder if it's almost a symptom of that. Like you don't have a lot of reporters in place. You don't really have a lot of experts in place because they're all spread so, you know, so thin basically across NBC, ESPN, CBS. And now you kind of have a centralized region, at least for American soccer at Apple. I mean, Sean, what, 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 an opinion on that? Not going to lie, cut out in the beginning, so I have no idea what we're talking about. But it uh, sounds like we're talking about the conversation regarding the Apple deal and how, again, how much of a game changer it is. Yeah, so what I, I said was I saw a tweet that said Apple's done more in six months than ESPN did in 27 years. 
And I think that was more of a, a symptom of the fact that soccer was so spread out. You know, it was on FS1, it was on ESPN, obviously the Premier League's on NBC. So a lot of your experts are all kind of like cast out through and now they all kind of have the central player and you're going to see better you know, yearly predictions and things like that. I don't know if – I mean, that's definitely part of it, but that's not the whole story. It is true that ESPN had the rights for 20-something years. Well, actually a little less than that because it did bounce around a little bit. But they never gave it its due. They they never threw money behind it. They never threw the resources that they had being ESPN behind it. They never took it seriously. When they had the rights to it, they didn't. They wouldn't even put it on the major networks. There's three major ESPN networks that they wouldn't put the, any of the games on. They relegated it to ESPN Plus, which, yeah, sure, streaming is the way of the future. But you, you're not going to see, you know, an NFL game be put on ESPN Plus. You're not going to see an NBA game in prime time be put on ESPN Plus. It's just it was a disrespect for years from that network. Uh, Apple came in. Dropped $2.5 billion for a 10-year deal because they realized that soccer is uh, growing exponentially in the United States and is about to surpass hockey and baseball in popularity, and they want a piece of that. They bid. I th- there were rumors that they also bid on the English Premier League as well, but NBC Sports outbid them to keep it. So Apple sees an opportunity, and they see it with MLS. And I am I'm blown away by their coverage so far and what they've done. There's some there's little tweaks to the formula that I want. Like I think next year I want a full time uh kind of like sports center show that runs daily. Uh I think we will eventually get that. But you cannot deny how great it is to sit down on a Saturday night and know that you have games running from six o'clock to ten thirty PM and you have a wraparound show you can watch every single Saturday. It's Everything that me being a huge soccer fan, I, I've wanted my entire life. Um, and the fact that it's the year that we, our hometown has a team that we finally get to root for, blown away. It's great. The, the only counter argument I have to that would be the, you know, every game starts essentially at the same time, 6.30 or 7.30, unless you're in LA. So if they could, I know every now and then they'll do essentially their version of the Octobox, mm-hmm. but if they could do a little more of that, a little more red zone type swing around. Uh, for Like whenever City has a bye week to be able to catch up on everything. I mean, when City's on, I'm just going to sit down and watch City. But well, Apparently they're talking about staggering the times. Right. I think that they did it, they, they put them all kind of on the same time right now to begin with, just to start out because if you're if a fan of, I don't know, Salt Lake, you're typically not watching games that Salt Lake is not involved in. There, It's not, MLS is not on the level of NFL where you're going to watch, you're going to sit down and watch any game regardless of who's playing on a Sunday. We're just not to that level yet. I think we'll get there. I think Apple knows that. Uh, they're taking the feedback. I, could, I think maybe in a year or two, maybe even less than that actually, we might see more staggered times, uh, especially with Messi coming and that there's, you know, so many more eyes on the league and on these teams since the Apple deals in 107 different countries, you could potentially see them stagger more games so they can get more views. But I I think it was smart of them to do it how they did it in the beginning uh, just because I think that 
360 was the focal point, MLS 360, which is like the wraparound show. They're trying to probably get more viewership for that than they are individual games. At least Okay, so game. so to cut you off and go back to kind of the mid-season review, I want to ask yes. a question. Mm-hmm. Uh, 23 matches, 69 possible points. Cincinnati has 51 of them. Mm-hmm. How impressive is this? It feels impressive to me. It's very impressive. They think they're pretty much getting over two points per game. It's like 2.22 points per game. That is on pace or damn near close to setting the points record. Okay. Uh, which New England set, I want to say, just a couple of years ago, 2021, I believe, set the record. Yeah. So it is very impressive. And they're doing all of this, by the way, and they've barely played uh, their main striker, Brenner, who they just sold. And he, he basically did not play the last month and a half. And then they just retooled and brought in another striker that in his debut scored a goal. Cincinnati has been awful for years. They won, what, two, three straight wooden spoons, which MLS, that means you finish in last place. And right now they're probably about to set a points record. That should be talked about as one of the best turnarounds from a front office in any sport. I mean, they didn't just win the wooden spoon. They won it running away, looking like absolute dog shit for for like every year as soon as they joined in it was just getting dominated week in and week out they played like how city was expected to play this year for those first couple years Put do you think they go ahead kenny i was just gonna say you think they're the reason why the expectations are so low for franchise or for expansion teams that aren't the la's the the miami's the new york's them and Minnesota, because I think people forget how awful Minnesota was their their expansion year as well. But to put, Cameron, what you said in perspective, their main rival, the Columbus Crew, for the first three years of Cincinnati's existence in MLS, Columbus Crew won more games in Cincinnati's home park than Cincinnati did. <laughs> that just tells you how incredible this turnaround is. And... and they're not the only ones. Like, New England is having an incredible year. They're sitting at 12 wins. Philadelphia is having an okay year for their standards. is actually down, but they're sitting third in the east. You go over to the west, which is a little worse, uh, just kind of across the board from a points perspective as far as the east is. But LAFC is back up there. Salt Lake might be the sneakiest and best team in the entire league right now. And I'm saying that after we just said all those accolades for Cincinnati, just because of what Salt Lake just did in the offseason. Uh, we're going into the League's Cup break. So we're going to be off for the next month of playing League's Cup games. And we're going to see these teams completely retool and change this offseason and make a run stretch for, the what, the last 12, 13 games. Salt Lake could push St. Louis for that top spot. What is your expectation for City moving forward? Uh, play, so playoffs are, um, I, I, I really struggle to say it, but I'm going no. to, I'm very sorry, but, uh, playoffs should be guaranteed at 41 points, uh, through 23 games. Now the goal is just to have a first round home. I don't think you need to stress about finishing number one overall. I think you just need to get your first round played in front of those fans at city park and the rest of it will take care of itself. That's, that's hopefully what the front office and what the coaching staff is looking at. Yeah, I mean, the West is definitely tighter, but, I mean, well, I mean, Cincinnati's so far out in front. I mean, if you, if you were to say Cincinnati was on the level with New England, 
they're about the same point spread um, from first to worst, or from right. first to that final playoff spot. What do you think is the threshold to make the playoffs as far as points go? So in the past, before they expanded the playoffs, it used to be the top seven made it. Now it's the top nine, essentially. Eight and nine is like a play-in game. It would be right around exactly what St. Louis has, which is about 41 points. Okay. Now, because of the expanded, you can probably see teams get in maybe around 37 to 38, uh, which means a pretty terrible team is going to make the playoffs. So... If St. Louis finish in first, you could have a really uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna hate myself for saying it again, but you could have a really easy matchup week one. Uh, or you could have a trap game. Or you could have a trap game, which Minnesota would be the trap game if that happens. Um, but th- there are some teams that are underperforming. Uh, Miami is the big one, sitting on 18 points through 22 games after they just signed the greatest player that's ever walked planet Earth. Do you guys think signing Messi, signing Busquets, Alba, potentially Sergio Ramos and Suarez and all these other guys that are supposedly coming, can they make the playoffs if they're right now 12 points out? No. So I was was kind of looking at it earlier on MLS. I don't remember which one beat writer it was who was on it, but they would have to essentially play at the rate that Cincinnati has been playing this year to get to that points mark that we're talking They would have to be averaging two points a game, mm-hmm. like, from here on out. And I think, I think they could probably do it. I think they could probably sneak into that nine spot. I mean, they're not really trying to climb over juggernauts to get there, going over Toronto, uh, NYCFC, Charlotte, who is whatever the fuck they are. The Red Bulls can't seem to get out of their own way. And, I mean, D.C. United and Chicago are in 89 right now, and I don't I don't think they have the staying power. I mean, Chicago was already doing better this year than they were expected to do, and we're right, at 887. Right. So. Quick note, because you mentioned the Red Bulls. So Red Bull New York has made the playoffs 13 straight years. As long Since they've rebranded to the Red Bull New York, they've not missed the playoffs. So They're always there, but they don't do anything when they get there. You're right, and a lot of that has to do with the style of play that they have, that they their players get burnt out by the time the end of the, the season starts and the playoff or at the end of the season ends and the in the, the playoffs start. Are there any teams on the outside look uh looking in that you think might make the turn? Like Kenny, you said no to Miami. Any other well, ones in the east or in the west? Oh, I said no to Miami because I was there Saturday night and I turned to our buddy and said Messi will not help this team. Mm-hmm. And I get that he, they're talking about him bringing all these pieces, but even then, the the, the hole is too is buried too deep, I think. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, next year is a completely different ball game, right? But they – and what I find funny is is literally in the stadium turned and was like, these, these guys kind of stink. And <laughs> going back and watching – uh, the game on replay, and they're talking about how well Miami's moving. I'm like, I didn't think Miami moved well at all. Um, so I don't know if that was just the announcers talking them up. But, um, I mean, as far as anybody on the outside looking in, I mean, technically Minnesota is. Um, the Galaxy were within striking distance of the Dynamo. Yep. Um, they had a very good match over LAFC. So I would be worried about those two as far as the West goes. 
I mean, the West is just such a jumbled mess. I mean, what, 29 right now is in ninth place, and you have 28, 26, 26, and 22. So we're going within a couple games of getting into that plan. Uh, probably be most worried. The Galaxy are really pushing hard and sporting. KC has kind of started to turn it around a little bit. Uh, I can't help but kind of think of how fun that would potentially be if they get through the play-in, we win the West, and we get a home game against Sporting in City Park in the playoffs. I mean, yes, that yes. would be kind of top-tier MLS chaos rivalry game. That I know it's our first year, but I, I think it's pretty obvious who our rival is, and it's going to be them. Um, I mean, there's going to be some other ones along with it, but to get that game would be incredible, not just for us, but for MLS as a whole to get a game like that to kind of elevate the Midwest teams up above. I think Houston drops out. I think Vancouver drops out. Even though Vancouver on paper is actually one of the better teams, just kind of like some of the underlying numbers, I don't think it's I, I don't think it's sustainable. I think Minnesota and Kansas City sneak in, and I just want to avoid Minnesota in the first round because Reynoso scares the absolute crap out of me. Now that they have Pookie playing up top, I don't want to play them. Uh, in the East, no way DC holds on to that spot. Not with Tyler Miller and goal getting shipped every other week. There's no way. I think Montreal and New York get in over DC and Chicago. Uh, Where's New York? Uh, Red Bull, New York. Excuse me. I think the streak continues for, for Red Bull. Uh, I don't think they're going to win the trophy anytime soon, but I, I do think the streak continues. Um, all right, guys. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, move on because the biggest news in sports – happened this day. Oh, Cameron, go ahead. Sorry. Before we completely move on out of here, uh, I meant to talk about this last week. I had some technical issues. Missed the episode. Apologies again. Uh, you can take it off with Microsoft doing forced updates after I told them not to. Uh, Lenovo, thank Visions. Thank you very much for absolutely fucking nothing. You can still sponsor us if you would like to. Uh, I went to the event in in St. Louis for the, the Zhao Klaus autograph signing. Uh, and I think we need to have a talk about 40-year-old fanboys just absolutely doing whatever they can to get autographs from other grown-ass men. I mean, how little shame do you possibly have? What little joy do you have in your life that you're pushing little kids out of the way, gaming the fucking system just to get an autograph from someone who's 26? He's 26. You're double his fucking age, and you're palming kids' heads out of the way just to have a chance to shake his hand and get some shit signed that you're just going to go hawk on the buy-sell trade. Yeah, we can see you doing it. And you're not very conspicuous whenever you have your trunk open in the parking lot of Hot Shots in Winsville with 10 pounds of shit in it. First of all, good on Hot Shots for trying to do a little better with, you know, they give you a number when you walk in now. They only give out 190. Unfortunately, they wrote it on computer paper in Sharpie. Wouldn't you have known something was up? My mom was number 14. They called the first 20 up. The guy was number 16. Hands the lady the paper, and she says, where'd you get this? I already had a 16. And he said, well, I don't know. They just gave it to me. The only thing I have is this here blue marker, and that paper's not written in blue marker. Next thing you know, I was number 114 to get an autograph. There's a little kid behind me crying. We gave him one of my kids so that he could get an autograph. His dad apologizing profusely to his kid for not getting him there on time. And this fuck just keeps going out to his car, grabbing more stuff, and walking back in. What an absolute buffoon. What a mouth breather. Who the fuck does this? 
God, I love it. That's fantastic. Uh, first of all, I think the venue has some uh, fault in that for allowing that douche nozzle to keep coming out. <laughs> well, like that's a, that's a big part of it. For their, uh, their strategy and their, uh, their service, I would say, is not necessarily a hallmark. The people doing the serving, I think, is their hallmark. Uh, I don't think there's a lot of pay to thank. Uh, on To give them some kudos, though, when I went up there at number 114, the guy was behind me again. And they were the lady was calling for the general manager to come out there because she called on to it after he already did it ten times. So she got there eventually. Good on her. I mean, it's not really her job as a waitress at Hot Shots to try and uh, keep a guy from getting an autograph, but... I think I mean I think autographs are just weird in general anyway. Even though I, I think I have a football autograph behind me, but uh, I, mean, I brought my kids with me. I mean, they're two and three years old. For them, it was fair, super. Fair. My little, my oldest kid went to bed holding the mini soccer ball sound, so, signed by Zhao Klaus. He's carrying it around everywhere. He loves the thing. It's the most important thing he has right now. Granted, he's three. He won't care about it in a week and a half. But I mean, this dude is just. He's working in tandem with another mouth breather. I don't know what the deal is. I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I, I think it's very strange for grown men to idolize other grown men, uh, especially when they're younger. It, it's weird. We've talked about this before off air, but it's weird to me whenever grown men wear jerseys of players who are younger than them. Indeed. That's very, it, that's very weird to me. You, you, can, you can have a jersey of a younger player. It must be in a picture frame, mm-hmm. and it and it's got to be signed. Like I have a Tarasenko Blues jersey. Like it's signed. It's it was a gift for my thirtieth birthday. It is going up in the bar, you know. Eventually, there there is no chance I would ever wear that. There's there's three jersey rules that I have: never wear a, a name of a player that's younger than you. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Never. Get a customized one with a weird ass nickname or something because are you eighteen? You, you don't play for the team. Stop it. And three, if you go to a game where your team is not playing, do not wear your team. Wear something of one of the teams that's playing in the game, or wear a neutral color. You weirdo. <laughs> you don't like the Rob Lowe wearing the NFL logo head in the playoffs. <laughs> Yeah. Right. I. You know what? That that's fine. I'm totally cool with that. Actually. How do you feel about the RU uh, number eighteen jerseys and the IEDA sixty nine jerseys? Are you fine with those, or are those on your no fly list also? Those are definitely on the no fly list. Those, yeah, those were like immediately written on the no fly list as soon as I realized that they existed. If you buy an RU eighteen jersey, you need to be put on the list immediately. You need to be on multiple lists. If there's a question if this comes to 18, you probably shouldn't talk to him. <laughs> yeah, for real. All right, all right. Let's definitely move on because like I kind of teased earlier, the biggest story in sports broke earlier today. We have to talk about it. Uh, I'm sure you already know because I'm sure it's been all over the news. Uh, the, Arena Football League, the Arena Football League is coming back. And 16 different locations, different cities, well, quote-unquote cities, we'll get to that in a second here, were revealed. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and read some of them off, and we're going to play a little game with this as well. So first up, we have Austin, Boise, Chicago, Orlando, Philadelphia, St. Louis, Tallahassee, and then there's a handful of others that let's just go ahead and play a quick game, because... 
the actual like pre- I guess press release that that came out uh, they didn't list cities they just listed essentially the states or the regions that these teams are going to play in I do have the actual cities so we're going to go ahead and test Cameron and Kenny's knowledge of where they think these teams are going to play so first up guys where is the California team going to play I think they're going for the uh, the stay at home mom um, retiree. I think they're going Napa. Okay. Ooh. Okay. 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 So we're not doing real answers. Uh, Correct. <laughs> I only know four cities in California. Uh, San Diego. All right. Both of you are wrong. They are going to be playing their arena football in Bakersfield. Never heard of it. Shocked you guys didn't get that one. Shocked. All right, how about... Did they pass uh, for that, or... <laughs> how Airport about Colorado? Right? Where in Colorado will they be playing? Can I ask a question? You, you can. Are they, are they all, like, dumb cities like this? Uh, no, they are not. Oh, okay. Boulder. Boulder, okay. Can you... Oh, that's not a bad one. I guess I'm just going to say Denver. It's Denver. Now, why did they just not say Denver? I don't know, but it's Denver. I wonder uh, if it's next... going to have something to do with the team name. It could Ooh, it could be. Yeah, that actually makes sense. Uh, how about Minnesota? Kenny, you get first crack at this one. Oh, uh, St. Paul. Well, that was going to be my guess, so St. Paul. <laughs> okay, yeah, St. Paul, St. Paul. All right, uh, neither of you are going to get this one at all, but I just want to hear it. Uh, Louisiana. Oh, then Actually, it's gotta go. If you get this one, we're, we're just gonna call it because so, you win. So there's there's three cities that are possible. Okay. Okay. Uh, New Orleans, which I don't think is gonna be on the list. Okay. Baton Rouge, home <laughs> of the LSU Tigers, or okay, Shreveport. And I am going Shreveport. Uh, go with Baton Rouge. <laughs> okay, both of you are wrong. They're going to play in Lake Charles. What? <laughs> Okay, I'm assuming that's like a subdivision of one of the three cities that Kenny said. That sounds like a whole suburb. <laughs> I think it's just kind of east of New Orleans. Okay, all right. Okay, all right. How about uh, Ohio? Where would the arena football team be playing in Ohio? You got a a, a few answers. It could potentially be. By the way, really, really quickly, just for anybody listening out there, Ohio's not in the Midwest, and you need to stop saying it. It's in the East. You got, you got to stop. Uh, anyway, correct, okay, and ahead. Wisconsin is not in the Midwest either. There's nothing mid correct. about what you are, Wisconsin. You are, you are north. <laughs> all right, so you said Toledo. Okay, I'm right. going Toledo. Uh, first of all, I'd like to slander Ohio. Uh, no one should live there. If you live there, I take it as a cry for help. Um, you should find <laughs> some way to get out. The slander is accepted. You can send all of these to my DMs at swimfly1321. Uh, Columbus, I guess. Okay. Uh, shout out to all the very, very sad and trapped people in Ohio. But no, that is not correct. They will be playing in Cincinnati. Uh, how about next up, Oregon? Where were the fine people get to watch their arena football team play in Oregon? Uh, the Tent City. <laughs> they're, they're not building an actual arena. You ever been to Fireman Sports Complex where they put up that big dome? They're just doing that over whatever tent is there. Oh man! 
Uh, I, I was going to say Portland as well. Okay, well, no. <laughs> they're going to be playing in Salem, Oregon. Uh, how about uh, Tennessee? The country. <laughs> how about where will Tennessee be playing? We have, this is we have, After Tennessee, we only got two more. Memphis. Nashville. Nashville it is. Good job, Cameron. Uh, Washington. Where were the team in? And this is Washington State. State. Where would right. they be playing? Yes. Spokane. Seattle? <laughs> uh, no, incorrect. They would be playing in Everett. Everett, the Washington. What the fuck is Everett, Washington at? I don't know. <laughs> And here, here's my favorite one and the last one, uh, West Texas. I think I got this one. Okay, hold on. Okay. Let's go to Cameron then first because Kenny's so confident. Cameron, we're going to give you a chance to go. First. I have two guesses. Uh, one is – You're going to give me one. you got to know. Oh. you got to give me one. One. Well, I don't know which joke to go with first. Um, I guess I'm just going to go with Dripping Springs. Okay. So there's the- – You want to get your drip up. There's only two guesses, and it is El Paso, the butthole of America, or, <laughs> or my guess, Waco. Okay, Ooh. Waco isn't really West Texas. Uh, that would be more South, but we're kind of like Central Texas. But uh, no, you're both wrong. Uh, West Texas will be playing in Odessa. No. Fucking what? Isn't that a one? Yes. Like one of the most like dangerous counties in Texas. Hey, I didn't pick them. All right, I'm just saying, West Texas it will be playing in Odessa, and I think we need to make a ride the pine road trip and go to a game. No. Had <laughs> <laughs> a feeling that was going to happen. So <laughs> Arena Football comes back. They're going to be playing. I I I guess 2024 and those 16 cities or regions or whatever you want to call it uh st louis is getting a team so does that count as our fifth sports team are we going to take it that seriously sure if it makes it this long I mean, we, yeah for real are we not claiming the ambush oh yeah okay our six no we're not they had a couple down years but they're coming around <laughs> Sean was right, team one time that tells you what you need to know about them yeah, for real. I also just realized that I didn't keep score during that game at all, so we're just going to call it a tie. Uh, That's fine. Cameron, you want to learn us some golf, my man? Yeah, uh, we are officially at one of the saddest times of the year. It is the end of the major championship season in golf. Uh, the Open Championship, formerly known as the British Open, is taking place this weekend. It's great to see some Lynx golf going on. Uh, they're playing in Liverpool this year. Uh, little fact about this tournament that they're playing and where they're playing it, the last two winners out of majors that were there, Rory McIlroy and Tiger Woods. So they produced some big dick names as far as who wins the tournaments there. Uh, a lot of controversy surrounding the course right now over internal OB. Have you guys looked at anything about this? Nope. No, but I would also just like to go back to our last segment for just one second. So, I just looked at a map of Texas, and I thought where Waco is actually at is uh-huh. where Odessa and Midland were at. So I got those two mixed up. So you driving from Dallas, where I live, you drive through Waco to get to like Austin and San Antonio. So yeah, I thought 
I thought it was way west. I thought it was where Odessa is. So I'm an idiot. So you look up uh, White Settlement, Texas while you're at it? <laughs> All right, go back to the open. Yeah, but we, no, we're moving on. Good golf. Talk golf. You said something about yeah, internal open. So going up the 13th okay. and the 18th holes, there is just a white line painted just off the fairway. And if you're on the right of that white line, you're out of bounds. Even though you're on the golf course's property, you're not in some crazy shit. It's just an open area that is internal OB that they marked. Uh, they marked it that way due to it used to be uh, used to be horse racing originally is what took place where the golf course is, and then golf became bigger and overtook it. Um, so it's kind of a safety thing. There's a little bit of the wall still there from around the track, but people apparently are up in arms over golf courses setting their OB how they see fit. Uh, I don't see a big issue with this. If they say, don't hit it there, guess what? You can't fucking hit it there. Get over it. But people are losing their mind because technically it's on the golf course's property. Why can't you play it? Because it's I mean, the golf course's property. They can decide where they, what's in regulation and what isn't, right? Isn't that the whole point? Correct. Okay. I believe, but also part of the rule is that there is technically no out-of-bounds in the golf rule book i thought i thought somebody was explaining that to me so they get all bent out of shape when these you know tournaments or muni courses declare hey this is out of bounds well i mean technically there's no such thing but well there's definitely white stakes ob like at property lines they'll have white stakes marking ob property lines yes you're yeah. you're right on that what i was saying is is like you couldn't declare a ball out ob if i hit it you know, let's say what I did yesterday, I hit from 13 and, and to 10. You know, <laughs> I'm not. I'm... <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, you can do it. Yeah, that's easy. That's easy. Yeah. St. Peter's? Yeah, yeah of, cor of course. It's actually a better shot to go from you 10. You honestly have a that's better angle going Oh, yeah. Yeah, let's, let's go with that angle. Let's go with that angle. You planned to do that because it's a better shot. Did you hit yeah. a fairway? Better approach. I hit a fairway. It just happened to be 10. Marking I was book. teeing off on 13. As long as you didn't go in the pond way to the right of 10, somehow teeing off on 13. I've seen Chuck do that a couple times. <laughs> so, uh, pick, give me a winner. Who's, who's taking the open? What's the betting lines look like, by the way? Who's the favorite? Is it Rory going into this? The favorite is Rory after coming off his big win at the Scottish Open last week uh, at plus 550. Followed by no his favorite golfer, Scotty Scheffler. John Rahm, Ricky Fowler, all the way up to the fourth favorite. Wow, okay. Uh, he finished runner-up last time they played here uh, when Rory won. So I guess he has that going for him. And then we got Fleetwood, Hovland, Smith, Kepka, Schlafly, Haddon, Morikawa, Lowry, DJ, Spieth, Cantley, Fitzpatrick. I'm not going to run down the whole leaderboard. Shout to Tron. Um, I'm taking Brooks. Got to do it to him. I'll take. I, I, I would take Brooks too. Uh, I think Rory tends to play very bad after a win, um, so I don't think he's probably even going to be anywhere near contention. I will probably ultimately be very wrong. Uh, here's how I predict it: Thursday and Friday, Tommy Fleetwood shoots the two rounds of his life and promptly promptly uh, loses his shit on Saturday and is nowhere to be found on Sunday. That's never happened before. Um, John Rahm does the same. 
And Scotty Scheffler with a top three finish. Um, yeah. I think Brooks takes it, though. I mean, there's just a lot of storylines going on. So if Brooks wins this one, that means him and Rory at the Masters next year. Uh, fingers crossed I actually get tickets in the draft this year. We'll both be going for the career Grand Slam. Uh, so that will be pretty fucking cool. Now, the only thing Brooks has going against him is he's playing with Cantlay on Thursday, correct? Yeah, that, that is correct. And uh, so, Matsuyama, who is also a slow player. So one of two things is going to ha- well. One of three things is going to happen. Brooks is going to play out of his mind, number one. Number two, Brooks is going to play so poorly and then bitch about it in the press conference um, that he's not relevant the rest of the tournament. Or three, which I would love to see, he finally just beats up Patrick Cantlay on the fairway of seven because he can't take it anymore. So, fingers crossed. If if that happens... How many holes do they get through before he just loses in his damn mind? Are we gonna let's set the over under at seven and a half? No, I knowing Brooks, I'm taking the under. Say, I feel like if he gets to the turn, he'll be able to calm himself down. So I'm gonna go with the under. He's got a pregnant wife. Gonna, There's no calm himself down at that point. It's just gonna spiral. He's already. You're gonna hear. You're gonna hear the rumblings. You're gonna be like. You're gonna be like. You're gonna see Brooks at a tee box on like three, and he's just gonna be muttering to himself, and you're like, <laughs> the under. Yeah, it's happening. <laughs> also, speed has a way with links golf. Uh, kind of brings out his genius. So I would maybe sprinkle a little bit on him. Uh, if I was a betting man. Of course, we can't bet here in the state of Missouri on sports because our leaders are incompetent and morons. And we also can't offer betting advice, so don't do that. I can offer whatever I want. They're just stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, whatever. Give me Fowler just for the chaos. Ricky! Big Dick Rick. Wow. Alright, Cameron, you got anything else on golf? Uh, I mean, that's that's really about it. Uh, the Live fanboys are clearly mad that they no Live players are in the featured groups for Thursday or Friday. So, of course, they're all butthurt and it's conspiracy theory because that's what they're really good at. Uh, I would wonder what they were doing in January a couple of years ago. All right. Um, I believe, Kenny, you have something you want to speak on. Yes, so we did our no-trade clause movement game last week. Um, I went back and re-listened to it, re-watched the podcast, which is also available on Spotify as well. That's right. I would like to acknowledge a mistake. My fifth team, I did select the Los Angeles Kings, when in fact I should have picked the worst city Second worst city in America. El Paso's number one. Uh, because why? Uh, it is the butthole of America. Thank you, thank you. Um, I should we're have gonna, acknowledged we're it. Get t-shirts made up, by the way. That's so then. Love it. Um, <laughs> the fact that I should have added. Drum roll. Insert drum roll. Columbus, Ohio, and yes. because because Columbus sucks. The state of Ohio sucks. Let's go. I, this is this is my heel turn. I, would, I saw Cameron be the bad guy, and I was like, okay, I'm not going to say anything because this is going to pile on here. 
The only thing good to do in Columbus is leave. <laughs> Skyline Chili sucks. Um, that's, that's, that's Cincinnati. Cincinnati. I know. I said Ohio <laughs> sucks, too. Terrible state. Terrible people. Uh, Columbus is awful. So, yes, uh, there's no way, no way I would play for the Blue Jackets. Screw that place. I'm so happy to hear you say this. Uh, I wasn't here last week. They were number two on my list, strictly because. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, to, just disclaimer, I've heard Columbus is lovely, but because it's located in Ohio, they're, I'm probably going to put them on my list as well. <laughs> This show hates Ohio, says Wisconsin's not in the Midwest, and uh, all agrees that El Paso is the butthole of America. Yeah, Ohio sucks, uh, El Paso sucks, and before we started the recording, two-thirds of the podcast just learned where New Zealand is. So (laughs) there's there's a lot of growth that needs to happen in this group. Speaking of New Zealand, are the U.S. women going to three-peat? Does anyone care? Yes, uh, thank you for attending my TED Talk. Yes, they are going to three-peat. I think they're going to do it. I think there's only maybe two, maybe three teams that uh, could realistically knock them off. So, yes, they are going to three-peat. You heard it here first. Yep. Write it down. Tell your friends. All right, Cameron, where can everybody find us on our socials? Yeah, you can follow our network that we record for, the Bench Warmer Podcast Network, at Bench Warmer Net on Twitter. You can follow this show at Pod Ride the Pine on Twitter and at Pod underscore Ride the Pine on Instagram. Uh, Kenny Hudden at Ken Hutt did a great takeover uh, during City's game on Saturday. Live tweeted the event from being in there. He was the person everyone hates. He's on his phone during every live event. But it was great content for us, and it seems like you really enjoyed it. So we might look at that a little more as some options moving forward. Uh, We are on YouTube. Um, I'm sure half of you are watching us right now, but tell a friend about it. We love it. Uh, Recording video has been great. Our setups keep getting better, except for Kenny, who's in front of some blinds. Uh, Like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell. Please and thank you. Uh, you can also follow our sister podcast at Put Me In Coach Pod on Twitter. Um, they have been on a bit of a hiatus. I believe they're on their way of coming out of their hiatus. Um, you could also be sure to go check out Healthy Scratch, the one-off NHL episode that we did. That will become a more regular thing as there's more NHL news coming out. Uh, I know Adam and Ken do a great job on that, and I'm sure we'll kind of pop in and out as guests to everyone else. Maybe even an appearance by Chucky Bobo at some point. You never know. Maybe. Where are our socials? Awesome. Uh, let's get out of here, guys. Short and sweet, to the point. Really proud of us since we figured out what we are going to talk about literally three minutes before we hit record. So um, don't go to Ohio. Stay out of El Paso. And have a good night. Thanks, everybody. Yep. Bye. Yep. Bye. Yep. Bye.